Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Welcome into episode 47 of the House of L podcast. I am Lawrence Holmes, and I am glad that you have stuck around. So it looks like we're going to end up with 48 episodes before the year is over, because I'll do the Bears finale, and then we'll start the new year, which I think is going to start a new season of House of L, and I've got some ideas on some things that I want to do in 2019 that might be slightly different than what we've done in 2018. And that's partially because of some of the feedback that I've gotten from people that I trust in the industry and from listeners of the podcast. So I feel like it's gotten better throughout the the first six months of the podcast. But with this episode and the Bears episode, we're going to be at like 180,000 downloads which to me is incredible because, as you know, if you've been listening to the podcast, my goal, once the thing got up and running and I figured out how I could do it, my goal was 100,000 by the end of the year. So the fact that we've come close to doubling that is really impressive, and I'm looking forward to see what happens. I'm also struggling with whether or not I should go back to once every two weeks Because it's so much content and I don't want people to get left behind. And, you know, there's so many episodes, though, I guess, you know, wherever you come in on the podcast, I would prefer that you go back and listen to, let's see there, man, there will be 16 Bears games. So that means 32 interview episodes, wherever you came in on the 32 interview episodes, or I guess 31 if you take out the Khalil, 30, Khalil Mack and the Michael Kopech thing. So there's 30 interviews or interview style House of L pods in here. So wherever it is that you came in on it, it's great. I'm, I'm happy, but I do understand like it's a lot of content and like I'm putting out a lot of content and it, it struck me. I was at an event this past week and I was explaining to someone, like, the score had put out a video of me that I hadn't even seen. And so, like, my notifications were going off. And I'm like, I don't remember sitting down. And I'm like, oh, it's because I was on with Connor and they have the video stream going. And in the midst of that, like, there's me tweeting out the link to the podcast. And it's, I can imagine that it gets to be a little much. But 
that's one of the things I'm working on, on whether the new year is going to be every two weeks or if we'll stick with the one interview per week format. It's been pretty good. I'm really excited. One of the cool things that happened with the pod, not that the pod made this happen, but when I think back on it, it's it's a cool thing to have happened on the pod, is Mark Shanowski back in episode four talked about how he really wanted to do Bulls play-by-play, how doing play-by-play was the one thing in his career that he hasn't done, and now he's going to do it. In fact, when this pod drops, which will be on the 26th, he's going to do play-by-play on the 30th against Toronto. So I'm really happy for Mark. You should go back and listen to that episode. It's great. It's short. It's kind of like this one where it's a little bit of a shorter window for the podcast. And I'm working on that too. Like I'm trying to figure out if should I have broken up the interview with the students into two or would it have been better if it's one and one, all that stuff is, is going into it. But I will tell you that I'm hoping for some really exciting partnerships in 2019 with other broadcasters, some that you've heard, some that maybe you haven't heard from, or at least heard from in this type of format before. And it was a good year. It was a really good year for House of L. I'm, my financial goals of the podcast were never really large. And I won't get into specifics, but I can tell you that the podcast finished in the black for the year. And for being a, a young CEO in a very small company that has one employee, yours truly, I, I'm very satisfied with that. And that's a big thank you to our sponsors, Melly Cafe and Chicago Wolves, who bought into what we were trying to do with the podcast. And I appreciate that you've been, you trusted like Melly Cafe is great because I say it's great. And then you'll go there and you'll send me pictures or you'll be like, wait, they have that over there and you go check it out. So it's cool. All right. So uh, enough navel gazing. Let me get to you this week. Jake Johnson's one of my favorite guests. He, we became friends because I sought him out because I watched new girl and I hadn't seen like drinking buddies or anything like that, but I watched new girl and there was this dude who just kept making references to the Cubs or the Bears or the Blackhawks like on the show. So, you know, you do a search, you find out the guy is from here. And I reached out to Fox when he was on New Girl, like when New Girl was just starting up. And I was like, I got to talk to this dude because he's clearly a Chicago sports fan. Turns out he's not just a Chicago sports fan. He was a fan of the score. And he actually knew who I was. So it made it easy the first time that, that we did an interview. So we do an interview maybe once or twice a year. You know, I will say, humble brag, that we do correspond throughout seasons. So I'll get a DM from him or a text message from him about the Bears or the Cubs or or what's going on, and it's fun. And so I was excited about the Into the Spider-Verse movie because I knew that he was going to be in it, and I knew it was going to be great. I didn't know who he was going to be, and if you haven't seen it yet, I'll, I can tell you that he's Peter Parker, and I'll just leave it at that. But you should go check it out. It's I think it's one of the best movies of the year. And you know that I'm a geek, but I'm not saying this because I'm a geek. 
Like, I wouldn't tell you that Green Lantern was one of the best movies of 2011 or whatever the, the hell it came out. But I'll tell you that Into the Spider-Verse is a beautiful, beautiful introduction of Miles Morales as Spider-Man. And they do some fun stuff in this. I think it's got a lot of heart. I think that it is a very strong movie. So one of the things I want to do with House of L is interviews that don't necessarily fit into the clock of the score. Jake and I, and some of you may have heard the interview with Jake Johnson on the score. The interview with Jake on the score was only half of the amount of time that we spent talking. But that interview was, what, 23 minutes? And that's about as long as I can fit an interview into the window that I have at the score, which is great for House of L. I figured that he and I were going to talk for a long time. We ended up talking for like 50 minutes. And I knew that there was an episode of House of L in it where if you're a geek or you like Jake or if you just like movies that that have Marvel characters in them, then this is just your speed. So I wanted to be able to share that, and we're going to explore media and movie making is media. We'll talk to comedians here and there. Um, I'm looking forward to talking to a couple of DJs in 2019. I think that my man Jay Illa and, and Prima Dante probably deserve an episode. So I might try to do that in the next, next year as well. So without further ado, here he is, my man Jake Johnson, talking about the Bears, of course, and his movie Into the Spider-Verse. How much fun was this movie for you to do? You know, this was, honestly, working with, uh, so Phil Lord and Chris Miller were the producers, and they're kind of the geniuses behind it. And then, you know, our directors, we had Peter, Bobby, and Rodney, who were unbelievably brilliant. So for me, it was really nice to be able to act in something that had, that much strength and confidence on the on the higher ups. It felt like I went to an organization that was extremely talented, and I got to just do my job on it, and I felt so honored. Uh, I love the movie. I love the message of the movie that anybody can wear the mask. Um, I love the. I just did a big press tour for it, and seeing a bunch of little kids of you know boys and girls and all different races and everybody's fired up and sees themselves from somebody in this movie. It's just nice, man. It just feels positive in a really cool way. I'm with you. I, I thought it was a beautiful introduction of the Miles Morales character. And, That's right. and I was sitting there watching the movie. I said, man, this is, this isn't, this isn't just a great superhero movie or a great animated movie. I, I felt like it was a really good movie overall and you're right about the messaging that it takes you on a little bit of a ride, and you find out a lot uh, about yourself. Like watching it, it's it's great to have a movie that is positive and popular. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's um, it's also the message of it. You know, I did a bunch of press touring with Shamik, who's a 24 year old guy. He plays Miles in it, and you know, as, as a 40 year old with kids. I was excited about the message. I have two daughters, and so when I told them that I was doing this movie and I was playing Peter Parker, they wanted to play Spider-Man around the house, but they would refer to themselves as Spider-Man Girl because 
they don't have Peter Parker's a boy, <laughs> and Spider Man is a man, not a girl, not a woman. And when they said that, it was the first time that representation kind of hit home as a white man, and I thought like, man, that doesn't feel great. They should have their own. And then in this movie, it introduces Spider Gwen, and she's a teenage girl, and she looks cool, and she kicks butt. And I thought like, oh, I can't wait for them to see Spider Gwen. They're gonna love it. They're not gonna care about Peter Parker. Peter Parker's for other people who love him. But I'm like, oh yeah, they got Spider Gwen. And so anyhow, I was just. It meant a lot to me, and I was talking about it a lot, but Shamik said something nice where he said, yes, it's got a good message and it means something. But we just made a really fun movie that's it's not about the message, and I think that's the genius of what those directors and our producers did. It doesn't feel like it's a lesson. It's just a fun movie. Yeah, it's a story, and it walks you through a lot of this. And, and can I just say shout-out to other Chicagoan, John Mulaney, who was perfectly cast. Yeah, he's hilarious, man. John Mulaney eats it up in this for sure, but he's kind of always funny. He's just killing it. He is, and and I thought that the, that was a, a really cool thing too, and the fact that that they had the the alternate universes come to to be in play, and the way that the story was like how much how much of the animation did you see as you're you're doing your work? Not a lot. We saw really basic stuff. They explained to us how it was going to be different than any animation you've ever seen. Um, and they told us how, you know, they had three times the animators other movies have. They broke it down that basically it was a week of work for one second of animation and stuff like that. Um, but we only saw when they would show us clips, everything was rough until about three weeks before everybody else saw it. When were you able to throw yourself because you and, and Peter Parker are at this, at the same place from an age standpoint, were you right. able to connect with that character? With Peter, for sure. Um, you know, I'm not a huge uh, superhero guy. Those are not the movies that I go to see or, or care too much about. So what really pulled me in about this version of Peter was the human side of him. That he's just a guy, take away the fact that he's Spider-Man, he's a guy who focuses in way too much on his job, and in doing so, his life fell apart. And then for the first time, he had to look himself in the mirror and say, what is so good about the job you have if you don't have a home to celebrate it with? And that was the depression he was sitting in when he entered this story. So that story, if you pitched me that about an independent movie, I would be interested in that character's story. So that was my way into this. The fact that it happened to be Spider-Man all made it way more exciting but I like Peter's arc as just a human being. I also love that, like, there's something to the symbolism of the sweatpants. Yes, for sure. Right? Like, there's something to that. You know what? <laughs> I've I have just given up. I'm gonna put these sweatpants <laughs> on and I'm gonna go out here. How many of us have had that moment where it's like, I'm just gonna put that on and walk out the house? Yeah, I gotta say, I really, it was really fun playing this character because. He's just making jokes a lot of the time. You know, Peter is just, he's just mad and he's over it. And so seeing the script, a lot of times it was like the jokes were there. The character was funny. Honestly, I, I got to record this one for the last two and a half years. I wasn't allowed to announce it for over a year and a half. So this was not one where we recorded two or three times. I've been in that booth probably 20 or 30 different sessions. 
you know. So I've gone kind of deep into this character, into this world, and I'm just really happy everybody gets to see it because I've kind of known it's been special for a long time. To have your name associated with Lily Tomlin, what's that like? Come on, come on. Great. Um, yeah, I met her. We had to do some press, which was cool. Everybody in this cast, but there's, I mean, there's studs tops and bottoms on this. And honestly, it felt like I fell into, it feels like a guy who all of a sudden you get to play on a team that's a great organization that's won a bunch of championships. So I just wanted to make sure I was running my routes and doing everything right. Look at you, really doing the Nagy thing even in Hollywood. (laughs) I mean, look, it's it's an easy thing to compare. You got to enjoy it. You got to play for fun. You got to be you. And every once in a while, you get on a movie or a project, and that's not a great head coach. The head coach is the director, the GM, or your producers. Did you have any so you t- any time to, to to talk with Mahershala Ali about his college basketball career? No, I didn't know about that. I, I got to hang with him a little bit. Uh, I would have brought it up. I will tell you, he's one of the coolest cats to be around. It's just like a vibe. Well, you can he's tell. Got, like, he's got that thing. He's got that thing. That's right. Um, no, what did he do in college basketball? I want to say he played ball at Gonzaga. He did? Yeah. Yeah. I think he scored, like, he's averaged, like, two points a game or something like that. But yeah, Okay, but, but he got to, he got the ride. Yeah, he 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 had some run as a as a ball player. How I crazy is that? Not, he's not huge. He's not huge. So, I could see uh, – I can see a backup shooting guard, maybe a backup point guard. Yeah, the, I mean, it's it's pretty cool. Like I I heard the story and I was like, wait a minute, I I kind of because you know I, you you watch sports all the time and you remember like weird names or guys that For sure. and you're like, wait, I remember watching a game with that guy in that game and it ends up being an Academy Award winning actor. Yeah, it, I mean, I gotta say everything about the movie I'm excited about. I really hope. People check out, but now I got a question for you. Okay. How you like doing this uh, bear show with all those legends? Dude, it's look, I, I spent four years being a sports anchor at Channel 5, and I loved it. This is different. This is wheelhouse for me. Like these are <laughs> these these are guys that I covered. When when I was a beat reporter and I was driving from Hyde Park to Hallis Hall every day. I, I, this, these were my guys. This is, these are the teams that I covered. So I was, I was joking with someone the other day, how I remember being down in Miami and being at the Clevelander and seeing Alex Brown walk in the week of the Super Bowl and hanging out and talking with him and seeing Thomas Jones, who's also killing the game right now, who was great on Luke Cage uh, over the past uh, season seeing him like walk on South beach the Saturday before the game. So sitting there with those guys, I learned so much. So we, we do the show to get, you know, together we do like a pregame show and then we watch the game together and they don't isolate themselves. Like I'm, I'm in there watching it with them, like picking their brains and it, it is, it's like I'm going to grad school for football. That would be so that's what I was trying to, I wanted to get at what is so different about how they watch it as ex-players? Okay, so I feel like I'm I'm fairly football literate when it comes yeah. to stuff. But those guys are, like, the things that, that I don't see, like, they're paying attention to line play. 
they're paying attention to the way a player is lined up on, on a particular down. I do like that they still emote when we're watching Bears games, uh, Alex and Lance, because it, they've been so trained to go after the ball that when the ball's on the ground, they literally walk towards the television. <laughs> so, so, so they like take a step towards the television and scream out ball like Tom Thayer does. But, but, and, and, and they talk about that all the time about how lovey would drill it into him. And they had to incomplete passes in practice. They were told to pick up and, and it, it's funny how they, they see the game, but I'll tell you what the biggest surprise is. I'm not, I mean, I did the show with, with Alex and Lance and Jim Miller last year. Matt Forte is in there this year. That guy if he decides that he wants to be involved on the team side or if he wants to be a guy that you see on Thursday night or or Sunday night football, he can do it. He's very sharp. He's He's got a really dry wit, and he knows the game. And what's cool is that since he played last year, he's still attached to a lot of these guys around the league. So he's been giving us like in-depth scouting reports. So when the Bears lost in Miami, I'll tell you exactly. This this is when I looked at Forte and I was like, oh, wow, this guy is kind of tuned in. He explained to me before the game why he thought the Bears might lose. And he started talking about the heat. So then when we were when we were watching the game, do you remember in that game where they had guys on the Bears sideline that were holding up like a tarp to cover them from the sun? Yeah. So he said that the Jets had a whole protocol in place because the Dolphins have it set up that way, that the home team is on the shade side and the visiting team is on the sun side. So he knew that in the second half, the the Bears would be worse for, yes. And he told us, he was like, the, the Jets had a whole traveling party that would come and kind of put in their own tents so that, that they didn't have to have people holding up stuff over different areas of the team. And I was sitting there going, wow, like this is the type of information That's that you really don't cool get. That's for sure. It, it's amazing. Like those guys, those guys are great. And I actually do a radio show with Lance Briggs too. And and I know that he's a fan of yours. So, and you're a fan of his. So will you please tell, give him a message right now about him and where the Bears are right now as a team? Yeah, well, Lance, I loved watching you all those years. Uh, thank you for all those Sundays and Monday nights. They were a blast. It was a heck of an era. I'm like watching you on TV still. Uh, and let's go to the Super Bowl this year, man. Let's have some fun. And when I'm in Chicago, I'd love to come in studio and uh, – that radio show with you too man we would we would love that too and i'll just tell you that that guy he gets fired up like he he is he is he is in it like and so is alex like alex is very polished which is strange because and we joke about how southern he is but he's very very polished and they're having a great time and now that we know that the bears are going to the playoffs it's even better so i got a question for you okay who's a who's a deep cut that you guys all on the Bears, that you guys all really love, that doesn't necessarily get the media hype that other people have, but who's somebody that when you guys are watching the tape always pops up? Well, it's funny because it, it's it's two guys, and one of them 
at least Forte, or actually Lance did too, play with Sherrick McManus is one really? of them. Yes. And they none of the, they weren't worried yesterday about him playing the slot. And I was a little bit worried because Bryce Callahan was the guy before that. Like, that mm-hmm. was the guy that we were looking at and going, you know, Bryce Callahan is on top of it. Like, this guy is going to get paid. You know, most of these offenses are in 11 personnel with three wide receivers all the time. And he's been great playing in the slot. And when he got injured, I said, I asked those guys, I was like, look, Sherrick McManus is an incredible special teams player, but can he be trusted to play the slot against Aaron Rodgers? And they were like, don't worry at all. Don't worry. Wow. He will He will be great. And then you look on, on the box score yesterday, and there was Sherrick McManus breaking up two passes and hitting Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, he had a great game, but I was definitely worried there. Well, yeah, for sure. Like, you're – you're you're thinking that there's going to be again. It's usually Randall Cobb. Like you're thinking that that Randall Cobb is going to somehow get loose, and he he doesn't end up getting loose. I tell you who who Alex really likes is Eddie Goldman too. Yeah, Eddie Goldman for sure. He's having a quiet monster of a year, and and they've been doing All a great job. He's locked him up too. All these guys are locked in. I mean, Bryce isn't, uh, but Eddie Goldman. I mean, if you look at our team. All of our guys are going to be around for a few years. What do you think about Eddie Jackson's ankle? you think he's going to be okay? Yeah, Nagy said that, that he should be all right. I would imagine that they'll probably do the same thing of maybe he doesn't play against the Niners, and then you get him back into the mix in, in, in week 17 against the Vikings, and then he should be good to go. And Aaron Lynch, too. Like, Lynch has been a really serviceable extra Absolutely. defensive end and a linebacker for them who's played well. But you talk about this team being young, James Daniels, the, the, the starting guard, he's 20. He I turned know, and 20. And he's a beast. Yeah, he oh, is. You can't, talk, you can't talk about Aaron Lynch without talking about that old school mustache. The, the mustache is bad. And he also did get the, the, the penalty for the three pumps. Um, he, <laughs> he, he got the but key and peel three pumps. mustache. His look with that mustache, you put him in a black and white photo, that's of any era. No, you you're... cover up his tattoos. I don't know when that man is playing football. It could be 1972. It could be 1986. Very rarely does somebody of his age rock a timeless style like that and pull it off so flawlessly. No, I, I, I agree with you. It is, it is a thing. They've got a lot of swag. On the post-game show on Sunday – Tariq Cohen is wearing a grill. It is a, a a yellow diamond grill that matches the chain that he's wearing. Like that's where the Bears are right now. I like it. Is it crazy? Like the, it's fun. I also like that the NFC North, which coming into this year was a murderer's row, has fallen apart. Detroit, if you look at them with Patricia, he's just not the guy. I, I don't feel like he's going to turn it around. I think he's going to spend three quiet years and go back to being a coordinator, defensive coordinator and be great again. But that's, it doesn't look like it's going to work from there, in my opinion. Then you look at Minnesota, and Cousins was a mistake. You know, they're not blaming the offensive coordinator. They're blaming all this. It's just he's not the exact fit. They were better off keeping Keenan. And then you look at the Packers. And for the first time in a decade, they got to think about rebuilding for real. You take away Aaron Rodgers, that's just not a good football team. 
they have a ton to figure out, and I'm I'm curious on who they're going to even interview. And uh, let me give you you want to give me give you the nightmare scenario. Vic Vangio. There it is. I know it, but here's what I was thinking about it because I'm afraid that that's what they're going to do. But it would be a mistake for them to do that, and I'll tell you why. Because Fangio is going to have to go in, and he will take some of his guys with him, but he's then going to have to start from scratch. And it's going to take a while to build his defense. Well, Aaron Rodgers needs to win now, and when Fangio comes in and is just building the D, the D's not going to be that good right away. He's going to get that defense ready, but it's going to take two or three years. Aaron Rodgers wants to win right now. That's right. He he wants to win now. And, you know, Devontae Adams is a pretty special receiver that he's got out there. You want to maximize the time that those two guys are together. But they've got to figure some things out. And what really hurt them on Sunday was that you know, Aaron Jones had a great season for the Packers. When he got hurt, it really changed the complexion of the game because they were completely one-dimensional at that point. Absolutely. They weren't going to be able to run the ball. But – I think uh, I, I would be intrigued if I were in Green Bay with Vic Fangio as, as your head coach and then bring back Joe Lombardi. Bring back the Lombardi name. Uh, he's the OC down in New Orleans and make him the OC in Green Bay. I could be interested. I would think if I'm the GM, I would think you got to make Aaron Rodgers happy. And so I would try to get a great young defense coordinator to take over that defense. But then we're in a world where Aaron Rodgers is listening to all this hype about Patrick Mahoney's and all these different, and Drew Brees throwing up these numbers. Aaron Rodgers wants a little help. He would like a coordinator who's going to make, you know, Aaron Rodgers looks at these other guys, and I'm sure he thinks he's better than them. Why doesn't he throw six to seven touchdowns a game? And it's because I think he thinks he's doing it on his own. So you come in and you bring in Vic Fangio. Well, Aaron Rodgers has two sides to his personality. One of them is Pouty. You got Vic Fangio in a solid defense, but you got a Pouty $100 million man guy. It's not going to be a happy Green Bay, I'll tell you that. No, you're, you're definitely right about that. G- give me another question that, that you want me to ask Alex and Lance and Matt. I'll, I'll, throw, it on the, I'll throw it on the postgame show next week. Um, all right. What is, as a fan, uh, what should we be looking for with Trubisky's development? And uh, what should we get excited about with this team going into the playoffs? If you look at that first round and it's against Seattle or Minnesota, I have all faith in Jordan Howard. I love Cohen as a matchup nightmare. But what can we get excited about to watch in these next two games in preparation for the playoffs? Okay. All right. I will pass that along to them because those guys, they, they're they so good, man. Like, I'm I'm really, really lucky. And, like, the crew over there – is great and we have such a good time. Like that's the thing. Like the show is is really a football education along with having a party. Like I I fancy myself the the Chicago football version of Ernie Johnson. Like my job is to just set those guys up and then get out of the way. Let let Shaq be Shaq and let Barkley be Barkley. Right. And it's worth. Well, I'm happy for I'm happy for you, man. It's well deserved. Well, I'm happy for you too. Congratulations on on having the number one movie in the country. Is there is is I've heard there's talk of already of a sequel. Is that in the works? Um, 
there's talk of it. I hope it happens, man. I hope this is something I'm part of for a long time. It's a it's a great group. It's a fun movie. Uh, I would like to do the dance with these people for as long as they'll have me. Well, Jake, I appreciate you, and I always love when you stop by. When you come back to Chicago, let me know. We'll get you in studio. We'll hang out. And congratulations, man. I, I know that I don't have any part in your career, but I will tell you that I'm super proud of, of what you have accomplished. Thank you, my friend. And back at you, man. How dope is Jake? Like, he's just, I love talking with him, and his passion, his fandom, like, comes oozing through the phone lines. And he's really into, I guess when he was here, like, he, he stopped at home for a little bit, and he, he was watching the football after show, and he had questions. So I'm glad that he, like, flipped the format on its ear and listened and asked me questions about working with Alex and Lance and Matt and how fun it's been. It's been the most fun I've ever had doing TV. And it's cool. So I'm glad that, that you got a chance to hear it. Go see the movie. If you haven't already seen it, at the time I'm recording this, it's the number one movie in the country. I suspect that it will be in and around that even when you hear this. But I just I just had a great time watching it. I I was expecting to like it because... It was Spider-Man, and because it was Jake, and I ended up liking it way more than I expected. So go check it out. Now it's time for emails. If you would like to email the podcast, Podcast at gmail.com, and we appreciate people who jump in and email. This is from Daisy. Daisy says, hello. Just finished listening to yesterday's podcast. First of all, I'm enjoying hearing these very interesting guests. I think my fave is still the one with Jason Goff. I especially love the podcast after the Bears game. Keep up the good work. Secondly, I'm writing about the Wolves tickets. My 14-year-old son asked me weekly to get him tickets. Ha-ha, superhero night would be awesome to experience. Thanks again. That's from Daisy. P.S. The football after show is appointment TV for me. I need to need it to help keep the celebration going with you and the guys or to help me solidify the reasons I'm mad on a few occasions at the Bears. Well, you have summed up what the show is about, Daisy. You have summed it up. That is exactly what we're going for. So thank you for watching, and we'll see. I got. I will tell you this. The Wolves came through, and I got extra tickets. So they initially gave me four. And I was like, can you give me ten? And the Wolves were like, yeah. So it looks like everyone who is going to go, we're all going to be sitting together. So... I'm jacked up about that. And again, I'll be coming from a wedding. So I'm going to look like Clark Kent more than a Green Lantern. But I appreciate the email. Thanks a lot, Daisy. And we'll see. Maybe I'll see you at the game. This from Tim. Lawrence, I wanted to say thank you for your podcast. I recently went on a motorcycle trip to Canada. And as I am a music teacher with music going on all day, I tend to drift towards radio podcasts when traveling in the car or motorcycle. Let me stop there for a second. It's kind of like that with me because I do this for a living. I usually listen to music a lot more like when I leave. It's weird how that works. Okay, back to your email. I spend enjoyable time driving into your podcast along the track across Ontario. That must have been awesome. Also, as I've moved away from Chicago due to my wife's job, I've missed my hometown dearly. Your podcast is a taste of home, and I'm thankful for it. I was wondering what you think about having Dan Bernstein on your show. 
I know that most people think he's a pain in the rear end, but I've noticed a change in him since Terry's departure and then again since Jason's. I'd be interested in knowing if this was intentional or just because of his surroundings. I also think he's incredibly intelligent and would love to hear his thoughts on myriad topics. Love him or hate him, he does have opinions and would lead down that that would lead down some interesting roads. I would also love to hear you interview Pat Hughes, especially his basketball background as well as his baseball and Nick DeGilio. Ooh, that's the first time someone's mentioned Nick. I I actually am a huge fan of Nick DeGilio. I love his show. I love the freedom of his show. I don't always agree with his opinion on movies, especially superhero movies, but I've always loved his show. So maybe I'll do that. Yeah, with Pat you signing the new deal, that makes sense. The problem with Pat is I wanted to be in studio with him, but I think it's just going to have to end up being a phone call with him because I don't want to wait until the next time I see him, which is probably going to be spring training to do an episode. So maybe I'll do something in the next couple of weeks. He's definitely on the list. There was a, there's a whole thing. We were supposed to do it. That crazy game at Wrigley field where it rained until 10 o'clock and then the lights went out was the day we were supposed to do it, but I had to fill in back here. So I couldn't go out there and do the interview, but thanks Tim. I appreciate the suggestions. Um, Yeah. I, I would imagine that at some point I'll reach out to Dan and have him, come in and sit down and talk about reporting and some other things that I think that he was really instrumental in my development for. So yeah, that's not a bad idea. This from Alfonso. Wait, are you the guy suing Fortnite? By the way, I was tempted for the first time to play Fortnite. I went to go see my buddies over at stadium network, hang out with Michael Kim, who by the way is a previous interviewee on House of L, when his interview and his episode is great, you should listen to it. And in the green room, they had Fortnite, like, set up. And I was sitting there like, oh, I think I'd actually kind of like playing that. I had, I didn't play it because I was afraid to look embarrassed, but I might have to check it out. All right. Alfonso says, Lawrence, really enjoying the podcast. Just wanted to say as a Chicagoan living in Utah for the past two and a half years, I highly recommend you visit Salt Lake City. It's actually on the list, Alfonso. Thank you. So many great national parks and surprisingly amazing donuts. Now you're talking my language. If you need any recommendations, I'd be happy to share. I'll be in Chicago for the holidays, and I'm interested in attending the Wolves game. Guests for the pod, Spice Adams, Olin Krutz, Kelvin Hayden. Man, I haven't talked to Kelvin in a minute. Olin, I definitely want to get in here in the same spice. Olin and I are actually going to do a show, I believe, when I get back. So, no, it's, it'll be January 3rd. So Olin and I are going to do 90 minutes, and I cannot wait for the opportunity to, to pick his brain and talk football and talk offensive line play where I think a lot of us struggle in breaking down what happened on a particular play. Olin's great at explaining all of that stuff. So, that'll do it for today. I'll be in touch with all the people that were interested in going to the Wolves game, and we'll see how many of you can make it out with me. It'll be a good time. I can promise you that. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Jake Johnson. He's dope, and if you were on the fence, how could you be? But if you were on the fence, I I hope this brought you over to the side of the fact that Jake is dope. 
hit him up on on Instagram and tell him how much you enjoyed hearing him on House of L. Just find him and just randomly just go, hey, heard you on House of L, and it was great. Anything we can do to help try and get him back the next time he's in Chicago. Have a safe new year. Don't do anything crazy, and I'll try not to do anything crazy either. Enjoy yourselves, knuckleheads. I'll see you next time. Peace!